Welcome to episode 319 of the Hoopercast. Thanks for tuning in to all the friends and family, especially checking out the show, supporting the show, and telling people that they know about the show. That's the best part. Um, if you've been listening throughout the years in particular, so you might just know Dustin or I personally, in which case, thanks for sticking around. But, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word um, about our little show. This episode is Dustin and I talking about the recently released documentary on Amazon Prime uh, called Val, about the actor Val Kilmer. So uh, that is what follows. So these intros are going to be getting interesting lately because we've recorded some stuff, we banked some stuff, and we're airing a bunch of stuff out of order that we recorded it. So I'm recording these intros for context. If you've listened to podcasts ever, then you're used to this. This is a thing you're used to happening. So enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hello, Dustin. Hello, Hooper. Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. There was an episode of The Simpsons where <laughs> Homer, I can't remember where he is, what he's doing, but he, he he's like a hello. He like rings a little like bing, a little bell on the, on the thing, and the guy just comes up and he's like, "Yes, uh, hi. Do you have uh, these shoes? Yes. yes. Why do you talk <laughs> do, like I, that? I had a stroke. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Yes." <laughs> Stuck with oh, me. That's funny. Um. <clears throat> anyway, well. Um. Good God. All right. So my voice is a little shot. Um. Tonight. So bear with me. Uh. Which is apropos. <clears throat> Jesus. It is apropos. Right. I think so. Where is my mind, Dustin? Where is my mind? Ooh, that's a segue. We're gonna talk about uh, a documentary on Amazon. This is the trailer for Val. I was recently diagnosed with throat cancer. I'm still recovering, and it is difficult to talk and to be understood. But I want to tell my story more than ever. I spent decades finding my voice. I was a perfectly normal person. Through characters. I give you about four takes with some different voices. Through movies. (laughs) One of the things they they buy for all that money, your life for a period of time. I have behaved poorly. All white! All brown! All women! I have behaved bravely. Bizarrely to some. How do you heal a broken heart? I see myself as a sensitive, intelligent human being, but with the soul of a clown. That was the trailer for Val. It's uh, recently released on Amazon Prime, produced uh, in part by A24 to continue... uh, I was talking about A24 movies on this show. Um, yeah, so this recently hit Amazon, like I said. So this is a documentary directed by Leo Scott and Ting Poo. Uh, and uh, this is a documentary about Val Kilmer. Uh, supplied The content, of course, supplied by Val Kilmer. Um, and as you heard in the uh, trailer, the, the uh, he... Val Kilmer, if you if you weren't aware, is largely unable to speak currently. He he has a stoma, I think it is, and um, 
So he, he has to, it's very hard for him to speak. And when he speaks, it's very electronic. sounding and he doesn't do that. He doesn't run the current through his neck or whatever, but he just, you know, it affects well, your voice sounds a lot. Um, and, uh, and so it's a really candid, uh, documentary just about Val Kilmer reflecting upon his childhood, his career, uh, his later adulthood and, uh, where he's at now in his life. And he has his son, Jack narrate the documentary that the narration that he wrote. So it's really kind of cool for someone who can't speak to be able to hear someone who sounds a fair amount like him just saying his words. And then of course there's so much footage that Val Kilmer has uh, throughout his career. So a lot of, there's a lot of voiceover and interview clips from, uh, from his own camera. So it almost feels like the documentary was made presently, you know, even though it's, it's, it's just a compiling of decades of footage, Mm -hmm. just begging to be made into a documentary. Yeah. Um, I watched this, um, last week and, uh, the, like the morning I finished, I lost my voice and it was just weird at the same time to be like, man, it's so terrible. I want to be able to talk. And then the next morning I couldn't talk. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it was 4d for me. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I would say, um, uh, I'm all screwed up, Dustin. You want to give your star rating real quick while I find my notes? I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place today. Yeah, sure. So, so for Val, I gave it four stars. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I felt like, yeah, it, it, it's just a, a super interesting look at 40 years of footage. I mean, look, you, you and I did a very similar thing. We, we picked up a video camera when we were young yeah. and started chronicling things and making little short films and whatever else we had to do. I was so endeared by that, by seeing him. Just He's just like um, thousands of us out there. Just like, I'm exactly. gonna, my, I'm gonna, my brother's not going to make a movie and he's going to be this guy. I'm going to be that guy. And Yep. And, Speak, and that's speaking great. of and, big teeth, I, we talked the last episode about the long Halloween, <laughs> the Joker's long teeth. Right, yeah, Val yeah. Well, this, just this gigantic, gigantic yeah. set of, yeah, speaking of Batman, <laughs> gigantic set of teeth in his, in his yeah. head from an early age. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's just cool to see that. And, and you're right, like it's, it's a ton of footage that really... Can cannot exist in any format as a compilation, mm-hmm. save for a documentary. Yeah, like that. That's about all it can be. And um, and, and and so this is just a great look at Val Kilmer. Like, look, I I have seen a fair amount of Val Kilmer's films, mm-hmm. but I I didn't I don't know much about the guy, mm-hmm. um, and and certainly didn't know where he was currently. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think that it's interesting just to kind of feel like I got, I got the chance to know him a little bit and, and feel like in a weird way, we're, we're in this thing together. We're telling stories, we're hamming it up for a camera and, and we're doing that just for our own benefit, Mm -hmm. even if it's never for money or even if it's never for anything other than just our own enjoyment, that's, that's kind of what an artist does. And, um, and, and I felt like it was sad 
and it was, you know, equally parts like happy and and super, super sad as yeah. well. Um, there, there are a couple of really low moments in this film that like I it's soup. I feel it for real. And, um, you know, I'm thinking of like the Comic-Con sequence and I'm thinking of, you Ooh. know, the tombstone sequence and and these moments where it, it the film is allowed to show him oscillating between this happy-go-lucky Val Kilmer mm-hmm. and this super kind of despondent, um, contemplative Val Kilmer. Yeah. And that's, um, I, I think that's kind of brave to put that out into the world. Yeah. Th- this had, this received some criticism. A lot of people think that the movie pulled its punches because you're letting your subject have too, arguably too much input on the film and the way that he's portrayed in the film. Normally documentaries are very, I want to say objectively, but they are removed. The the subjects have no input on how they're portrayed. They are sort of told like, you're going to be followed. You're going to be asked questions and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And this, you know, Val Kilmer, you know, you could argue Val Kilmer got to choose how he was perceived here. Now those criticisms, come up and I'm always just like, okay, to what, to, to what, to what end I ask you? Because, yeah, yes. because it's like, okay, so are we going to presuppose that Val Kilmer has something to hide or to, to cover up or be ashamed of that he would need to steer the, I mean, it's his footage. Like you, yeah, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. let him, he's, he's giving this to you. I don't even know what Amazon paid. Um, well, for the documentary, but I wonder what A24 paid to have it made in the front because all Amazon did was acquire it and yeah, yeah. slap their logo on it. But this right. is not an Amazon Studios film. This is an A24 film. Right. Um, well, to me, that argument really only holds up if you're if you're critiquing this as an an outside filmmaker look looking to chronicle something and tell a story in that way. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that these directors, Leo and Ting, I'm not saying that they are not that they don't matter. They certainly do. Yeah. But this film feels more autobiographical than oh, most yeah. most documentaries. So so to me, that argument holds water if Val Kilmer is the subject of the documentary. But because he's producer and cinematographer, it, it makes me think this is more of Val Kilmer saying, I want to make this movie. And yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know the production history. Yeah. But it feels more like Val Kilmer saying I want to release this footage that I have, this old footage of myself, and tell people my story rather than filmmakers coming to Val and saying, we'd like to tell your story. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like Val led the charge. And if Val leads the charge and it's an autobiography, then of course it's going to be his version of events. If it is subjective and it is this, or if it is, you know, um, the filmmaker telling their side of things and being, being non-biased, uh, then, then, then yeah, you, I guess you would expect that this film would be a little harsher on Val being hard to work with or a perfectionist or whatever. And, and while the film does talk about that, 
it it does not do so at Val's expense. It only does it to bolster Val's um I don't know mystery or like artistry. Um, yeah, mystique. Yeah, so so it feels more like everything in this film is how Val wanted it to be, and even though he did not direct it, it feels like he kind of directed it. Yeah, it does, and um. To speak to the thing about uh, the being difficult to work with, that part perplexed me a little bit because it's I labeling somebody that way is it's it's interesting because like there's always going to be two sides of that you know are you difficult to work with and they both exist in the movie industry right you have people who really care about the end product well you know the end the 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 art at the at the end of the process and they have a job to do and to do the job to the best of their ability they need certain conditions to be met and it's presumed that it's agreed upon like how the set's going to be run. And then you have people who are, uh, who behave badly, then they want other people to excuse it because they're making good art and we're facing both. It's almost like I was definitely on his side, you know, because he seemed like he earnestly cared about making the art. There's a lot going on right now in the industry where we are uh, creatives and below the line people are like, yeah, um, we're not going to stand for that shit anymore. Like you can't, yeah. you can't yeah. send, you, hey, Jared Leto, you know, the Jared Leto comes to mind. Like you can't just send people that sort of stuff. Like that's not okay yeah. um, to see like that little clip of Robert Downey Jr. in there from when they made Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which God, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's I love that movie. It's such a fun yeah. little movie. Yeah. Um, for him to, for them to include that bite where he's being interviewed at the time about Val Kilmer being difficult. And he's just like, no, he's not. <laughs> and yep. it's just, it was, I was so endearing to see before he was Iron Man. Here's Robert Downey Jr. Willing to be like, uh, nope, Val is not difficult. He, right. He's just the actor, you know? Yep. Um, I found my notes, by the way, I gave this movie three and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, just sort of as we're speaking, I love seeing the purity and the passion uh, with which he approaches and approached his roles in his career. It is really sad for him as an actor to have been so limited uh, at yeah. this stage of in his life by illness, but I'm happy for him that he seems to achieve some sort of state of contentment about, about it and peace and what he's built and what he's spent his life and his time investing in. Um, you know, towards right about where he got his diagnosis and they show this in the film, he's, I, did, I had no idea he was on this like theater tour doing this Twain show. Yeah. I didn't even know about and that. It, it's, it's right out of a movie, right? Like, you know, you, you have all this, like you come up and you're a theater nerd and you start doing movies and then people want you to do stuff and you do some difficult projects and you do some commercial stuff and then your career kind of fizzles out and then you go, you know what? I'm going to write my one man show. And then, you know, you do it, you don't know how it's going to go. And then it's like, great. And then you're great. And that's it. And it, it, it felt like it was something straight out of like Birdman or, uh, or any other, like, you know, uh, like, I don't know why I thought of like, you know, um, walk the line or something like that, but it just felt yeah. like, hey, I'm going to do my thing finally. And then everyone yep. goes, your thing, 
is the best thing you've ever done. And yep. so I really loved, cause I was thinking like, Oh, is he going to get sick right before it starts? Cause I never heard of this. And it just turns out I never heard of it because I yeah, hadn't same. heard of it. And so I'm just watching him perform and I'm like, God, he's incredible. He's yeah, so he's great. good. He's this show. I, I wish I could have seen this show. It seems By great. By the way, not just good at, at, like as an actor embodying yeah. a character. Yeah. But like, he's funny. He's so he's legit funny. funny. He's yeah. so good. Yeah. And it seems, you know, in retrospect, like it's one of those, you would say that's one of those roles that was just made for an actor like Val Kilmer. You know, you have the dramatic depth, you have the gravitas, but, but he's such a funny guy and his comedic timing is so precise that there's few actors that you might tolerate playing a character like Mark Twain and it, and it's in it. I was just kicking myself. Cause I was like, you know what? If he hadn't gotten cancer, this would have been a film by now. Yeah. Before this documentary came out, if you mentioned Val Kilmer, it, if you didn't know anything about his illness, you would have just said, Oh, he got real fat and bloated and he doesn't do that much. He doesn't work that much anymore. And if you knew anything about his illness, you knew like those things are true because he got sick of course he's not fat and bloated now he's incredibly thin um if that film if that show had carried through and had been adapted and made you'd be like Val Kilmer would still be working he'd be doing whatever kind of movies he wanted to do and he'd be one of those actors we'd be we'd be talking about every couple of years like yeah he's just always good and he's always been good i remember when i for, when i saw the doors I don't like that movie very much at all. <laughs> and as previously <laughs> stated on this show, um, uh, I actually haven't seen it. Uh, well, we, we all, we both know how we both feel about Oliver Stone. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> if do. If you were to check our Slack thread. Um, yes. but, but Val Kilmer is so good in it. I mean, yeah. you got a glimpse of it in the documentary, but yeah. yep. I mean, that whole film, like he's just, he's great. That's where I first became um, aware of him. I, I didn't, I hadn't seen, I still haven't seen Top Gun. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I've seen Batman forever. Um, so I just knew Val Kilmer. I think the first time I was aware of him was when Alexander was coming out. And oh, I'm thinking wow. like, well, yeah. what a weird name. And I saw the pictures, the set yeah. stuff from like Entertainment Weekly and someone was like, yep. yeah, he played Batman and blah, blah, And then like, so I became aware of Val Kilmer retrospectively, but then there was the doors and then kiss, kiss, bang, bang. So I yeah. had been underexposed to him and I wish that there had been more from him. Yeah, sure. No, I agree. For, for me, the first time I saw Val Kilmer was probably Batman forever. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then most notably though, my favorite role of his is Tombstone. Oh, um, that's yes, of course. And, and, and tombstone to me is, is his finest role, mm -hmm. but what, what part of what was so depressing was it looked like Mark Twain was going to be his finest, his finest role. yeah and and so it, it has those same elements of like, okay, this is a very eccentric character, just like doc was. And, and it's, it's going to be one of those characters that's just like a classic character. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like when you think like, of Mark Twain, you'll talk about the Val Kilmer portrayal. You'll talk about Val Kilmer. Yeah. Exactly. And like a whole generation of kids will like know Mark Twain because of Val Kilmer. Yeah. And like, like that's, it, although that's sad, but they, but that <laughs> yeah, is totally know, what right? would have happened. It's, it's depressing. Um, but, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's just sad that we won't see that now. Yeah. Now, uh, I was talking about this recently with with a friend of mine from work, 
and we were talking about how I, I guess technically they could still make that film. I mean, if Val finishes writing uh, the film, you know, maybe he could direct it, maybe he could produce it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so, so we may see it yet, but but it, it wouldn't be Val Kilmer in the lead role, which which admittedly takes some of the steam out of it for me. Um, So, so we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what the future holds. I I have a feeling this isn't the last we'll see of Val Kilmer um, because I think Val Kilmer is an artist who will continue to create art in some way and his, and his voice, his name will, will continue to be a, a, will continue to be heard. And so we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting because even though you would think like, okay, the doc then ends on a sour note that, you know, here he is slaving away on this project that will never be. Uh, I, I didn't take, I didn't take, uh, this depressing, cynical worldview away from it. I felt like it still was optimistic and still was grateful for what had, had come before. And so, you know, I, I felt like it was a good, a good watch. Um, I could see how some people might find it overly indulgent or, or maybe overly depressing even, but, but for me, I, I just enjoyed the heck out of it. And, uh, and it was just a lot of fun, albeit difficult at times. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some parts where you were just like, it was hard to watch, but yeah, it's going to be more satisfying for people who love movies specifically um, than the average person who just wants a fun documentary to watch. But if you have grown up watching movies, you've seen a lot of the films Val Kilmer has been in and, you know, I just think it's a real treat to get so much first person perspective from somebody and actually have, he's telling stories and they have, I mean, hell my, my whole, my, my, my job, I'm, I'm in constant frustration of not having enough B-roll coverage of whatever they're talking about. And that's what this documentary is. Just like, hey, we had this ranch, a bunch of footage of the ranch. My, my brothers and I would do this thing. There's footage of it. Like he shot so much footage that anything he could possibly be talking about has been documented yeah. somewhere and they have all the tapes. What do you think? I got a, a, one last question for you about it because uh, just on a, I was curious what you thought of this. Because so in the, in the section about where he plays Batman he says basically like when you sign on to play Batman, you're, you're kind of, I can't remember exactly what he said. I think he said something like you're basically, and I'll, 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 I'll preface this by saying that was different at the time because the way the costume was designed and the way that the tone the movie was going for, and it's clearly changed from now, but I thought it interesting. And I thought of you where he said, you know, I'm kind of hired to not do that much because I can't be that big and I shouldn't be that big. So I'm kind of there just for the, you know, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones to, to bounce off of more than I am there for my performance as Batman. Um, yeah. I don't know. What did you, what did you think of, of his attitude towards all that? Yeah, no. So those those first four Batman movies from Burton to Schumacher were very much a villain piece with Batman in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman really didn't have much of an arc in those films. I, I would say Batman Forever at least attempted an arc for Batman. Um, but but, I, you know, I don't I don't think it really had 
any any legs and and they deleted the 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 finale of that story arc if you will um which which was actually cool you can see it on on youtube um it, it's a, a deleted scene in which Val Kilmer's Bruce um, journeys into the center of the Batcave and finds a really giant bat. And like this giant bat is there as like the king bat of all the bats. And and he like walks up to it and I think it hugs him or something. I can't remember. Anyway, it, it's all I mean, it's any it, like he like emerges having become one with the bat, right? Like, like it's so, it's so goofy and schlocky and weird. Like they, but they tried, yeah. they tried and then they deleted that scene. And so then the whole storyline like never even finishes, but like, um, yeah, I mean, those, those films were very much about the villain, not about Bruce. Um, which is why Christopher Nolan took over the series and was like, all right, so Batman Begins is going to be about Bruce. Like we're, we're going to make sure we tell this story and we're going to start it with him as a kid. And we're going to end it with him, like essentially kind of calling back to that relationship, uh, with, with, with Rachel and, um, and, and that it's going to be a story about Bruce first and foremost. And so, yeah, I, 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 I understand his plight um, that Val Kilmer as an actor, as this Juilliard trained actor, by the way, Kevin Conroy also went in Juilliard, mm. um, that this Juilliard trained actor um, would want more out of Batman, would want to make either a big performance possible or or he would want to, um, you know, at least make sure there's some character depth. Yeah, he'd want like to go what's deeper. What's the motivation? Yeah. What's, you know, like talk to me about who Bruce Wayne is as a person. Um, and, and those films were definitely not that, and they weren't going to be that. Um, I think we were still in a time where superhero films were not interested in telling a story about a character. They were interested in telling a story about an over the top guy becoming more over the top and doing goofy shenanigans <laughs> and being stopped by the guy who's like the straight man. Yeah. And like that, that's what they were interested in. So I, I completely understand why Val Kilmer turned down the fourth one. You know, it's like, not only is, is the production of it probably pretty miserable to not be able to hear, not be able to move, not be able to see, not be able to whatever. Um, but, but also you, you hunger for more. I would imagine that Val Kilmer is out there like hungering for a better part than, than what he was given there. Yeah. I think that Batman can be deep and Batman can be told in a way that is, is interesting. Uh, but, but it was never going to be that way with Burton and Schumacher. Um, so I wonder if you ended up watching the old films. It was like, man, if this had, if this had been the direction you know, in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. I, I, th that's why. So I've said this before, I think on this show, I like Batman begins better than the dark Knight. Now I, I'll, I'll admit, I think the dark Knight is the better film, right. but, but I prefer Batman begins, um, because Batman begins is solely about Bruce Wayne. It's solely about why a man would, would do what Bruce is doing. And so it's, it's centered on motivation and like character choices. Um, and, and yeah, so, so yeah, I would imagine Val Kilmer probably saw something and was like, Oh man, I wish that had been me. I wish I could play that Batman. E even if he just saw the dark Knight and was like, Oh, he can move his head. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, that seems great. Oh, 
but but then again, I know that bat suit had its own challenges. Like Christian Bale, anytime some like they they asked him when um, when Ben Affleck took over as Batman, and then when Robert Pattinson took over, what advice do you have for the new Batman? And Christian Bale was like, uh, just make sure they give you a fly so you can pee. <laughs> like that, that's the thing. Oh, so like I, 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 he's like, you have to pee with like five people around you helping you. Like that, that, that's <laughs> oh, what God. it's like. Um. So, so yes, I, I, there are still challenges to it. I can't, I can't blame Val Kilmer for like a taking the role without reading the script because who wouldn't <sighs> jump at the chance to be Batman? Yeah. And and to walking away after your experience. That was I back before actors knew sense. not to do that. That, yeah. was like, yep. that happened a lot where it's like, yeah, yep. I didn't even read the script. It's like, it's kind of yep. like when you said like, yeah, stayed up all night to do it. Like, oh, cool. So what you mean to tell me is like this piece of work is going to be garbage because you did it without sleeping. Yes. No, no, I'm super dedicated. Oh, okay. So you, you just did it without sleeping. That's. So you were, were you sleep deprived when you wrote it or can't no? Can't wait to read this horrible yeah. piece of shit you just handed me. And for, <laughs> right. so for an actor to be like, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd didn't even read the script, just said yes. Like, oh, okay. You say that like it's right. a good thing, but it makes me think it's inevitably a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> it's like the same thing to me. Yeah, I think that's all the, the thoughts I have on Val. Check it out. Yeah, man. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's a, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, so if you're already paying for it, I, I do think it's definitely worth your time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that'll be it. That's it for that's this it. evening. Uh, Sweet. Catch us next time. Yes. Or throw us. We'll catch you. Not sure how that works. Throw us. And when we land, we'll, we'll turn right around and you will have had to jump. But we'll catch you. We're like a boomerang. You throw us, we come right back. Can, can you throw us so far? And can you also jump that distance? Probably. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That seems totally doable. <laughs> okay, then yeah, do that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's very easy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, Have a good one. See you next time. Bye.